We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no. There's nothing better. That's why... When it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show. With your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. All right, joining the podcast are the hosts of George's Box, JJ and Nick. You guys have a season under your belt, not the season, Nick, that you probably thought of when you were. You were signing up to do the podcast, but I've been listening all year. I've been enjoying it. My favorite part is just JJ learning how much of a Nick, you're like a you're like a 13-year-old baseball fan, and it kind of warms my heart. And then every time like JJ learns that for a, another time, he gets excited about it. So the, that's been my my uh, most favorite dynamic of the show this year. We and you talk, get to hear his live reaction. Yeah. We talk after every episode that like Nick is like, Oh, I feel better now. Like, especially when things aren't <laughs> going good, like it's become his therapy. Mm-hmm. And for me, I think just being older and having a kid with like everything going on in the world, pandemic yeah. politics, all that stuff. He has like, he will ground me back. Like he'll pull me away from 
only worrying about that shit. Right, right. To just like having that blind, like, I don't know, man, the fucking Yankees are sick. <laughs> well, no, I mean, it is hard. That was one of the questions I wanted to talk about is like, do you care as much this year? And I, I don't. And I, I don't think you do either, JJ, but Nick, you do. I care arguably more just because, look, I've had COVID. I wasn't able to go to any games just like everybody else. <laughs> I love we it. have been through so much, man. We've been through so much trying to grind towards 28. I mean, last year, 2017, even going back to 2012, 2010, a lot of tough eliminations. We've been grinding so hard to get to 28, and I just can't think about anything else. And to see them holding up the trophy in, in Texas, that would be everything for me, even if I can't be there. I <laughs> never thought that was going to start with I had COVID. That's just the best way you could have started. <laughs> just like I, I lived through 9-11. We all did. Put, we all did. Put buddy. it on the table. But they've been – and think about everything that they've had to grind through, the travel schedule, yeah, obviously I know, all the injuries but, we've had. Well, the injuries are – I mean that's like a whole other thing. Like I think we learned this year that next man up just doesn't work every year. And I, I think it's unrealistic to think it would work every year. Thank you. Opening night. Garrett Cole pitching in in DC. I was amped up, definitely. No, yes. no question about it. That was awesome. And since then, it has just been downhill for my excitement. And I don't know if it's because the team went through more injuries, and it's like, well, shit, same shit, different day with this team. Like, I'm sick of watching Mike Talkman, and I'm sick of watching Tyler Wade. I want to watch Aaron Judge, and I want to watch John Carlos Stanton. Or if it's just like JJ's talking about. And it's it kind of sounds stupid. Like there's other shit going on in the world. There's always other shit going on in the world. In any baseball season, there's real shit going on in the world. And baseball is meant to be a stra- distraction. I don't know for whatever reason this year it's been it's been harder to have enjoy that distraction. And I can't quite pinpoint it. I think also not having the games to go to. Like that's that's, a, a that's I think that's me. a big thing. That's a big thing that's for a, me too. It's also a motivator. Like I think we've done a a good job with our show this year but it's a motivator like we had a lot of other content planned like we had a ton of other things to you guys were supposed to be in baltimore opening weekend and like the events are always like a nice milestone to look forward to each month um even sometimes like i'll just decide on a tuesday night like oh the tickets are ten dollars let me go and i think the excitement level not being able to go like i don't care if it's if it's tuesday night against the freaking Seattle Mariners. Like I walk into Yankee Stadium and I and I get excited. Yeah. And even, you know, at the end of a work week, you know, if you're having like a, a shitty week at work or two weeks or whatever, when the outside stuff is going on that happens every year, you're like, all right, well like Saturday Saturday we have an event. Or Friday a couple of us are going to the game. Saturday we have an event. I got a hotel in New York for the weekend. Yeah. Like you have like these things to look forward to. It's, you know, for you, it's a quick train ride for Nick and I, like we have to drive now, but I used to be on the Upper East Side where it was just like, I don't know. I have a vacation 15 minutes away from me, even if it's just for three hours. Yeah. It's the little things too, though. Like for me, it's getting out of Penn Station and just being in New York City and seeing the Yankee caps. And it's like, it's fucking go time. Getting out of Penn Station is always great. Exciting. Or getting away from the the Bronx. Yeah. When you get into the Bronx and you see everybody yeah. on the side of the street selling peanuts, selling knockoff jerseys, like I do miss, you know, the smells, the sounds, and all that stuff. I not as much as I thought, but yeah, I mean, it's cor- it's corny to say, but you walk out of the subway tunnel, like I take the D train to get to the stadium. You walk up and you, it's just like you feel like a buzz, even like just people at the bar, people drinking, vendors selling stuff, 
just like a buzz around the stadium that's exciting that obviously is not there this year. All we can do is watch on TV. But I turn it on every night. I'm always going to watch. I'm rooting for them to win. But it's just like, okay, I got I got like Paul O'Neill sitting in his basement and I got <laughs> I got Michael Kay and David Cohn like sitting in the dark and and it's just like baseball more than any other sport I think is suffering from a TV standpoint of no no fans because like any foul ball, any fly ball, anything like that, you see the empty stands where it's like you watch a football game right now, and there's no one there, or I maybe mean, some stadiums have fans. Freaking Jerry Jones is going to pack that place by the end of the year. <laughs> but like, you don't really see the stands. And I think baseball is suffering from an environment standpoint. It's like, it just, you know, it's empty. Yeah, no, definitely. And especially even during the slow parts of a game where you might see two people fighting over a foul ball. If it's a 10-2 game, like that little stuff that kind of entertains you, you know, you're all you're all out on that. So it, it's been brutal with the no fans. I'm glad we're not doing the cutouts, though. I think that looks corny as hell. Dude's doing uh, like, you know, they'll they'll be like a guy who falls asleep or, you know, and they'll just go on about that guy. For you remember a guy like sued like six years ago who yeah. kind of looked like me? <laughs> just like a fat guy sleeping. He was on like Sunday uh, Night Baseball. Wasn't that Frank? Wasn't that Sunday Night Baseball? Yeah. Yeah. And it got like kind of mean. Yeah, I mean, O'Neill in the basement has been funny at times. Like it's been, it has. you know, when he, you know, it's been like, all right, we're making the best of a situation. Sure. Or he's just been kind of playing it fast and loose, which is like, like just FaceTime and Posada and not telling him, hey, by the way, like you're on TV. Outing, and outing Cody him that he lied about his age. Is great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like make- all that, all that stuff has been like fun. They're making the best of a bad situation. But I, I think also once it started to be once the Marlins thing happened very early in the season. Yeah. There was a lot of like, is any of this for anything? Right. You know? And then when it impacted us, not that we, you know, from a losing player standpoint, but like we had games that, you know, aren't being played and then they're being played and we're in Philly, but we're going to Baltimore. I just like, I don't even know what time the games are. I have yeah. no idea who's pitching. Like, no, yeah. There, if I if I didn't have an Apple Watch, like I got an Apple Watch right before the season, and the only thing I get sent to me is text messages and Yankee notifications. Like everything else is turned <laughs> off. I don't need like you know my emails coming to it. I need that to remind me, like when they're playing, because also it's like, oh, some nights it's seven thirty, some it's six thirty, some it's seven oh five. Right. And they're making adjustments on the fly with the rain delays, changing the stadium, changing the time. But that first weekend with the Marlins was probably the darkest time for me. I was like, we just waited six months for this to start. There's one outbreak on one team and this whole thing is going to come crumbling down. Yeah, that was a dark time. But I just kept the blind faith and really <laughs> relieved we got through it. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was going to have to get canceled. I didn't see how they were going to. And then the Cardinals thing happened. And it's like and part of it is also. And, and I, we'll talk about the the rules in a second, but not everyone's in agreement on on like is this a legitimate season? And I think that's also a factor in excitement levels because not only do you have a sixty game season, which is unprecedented, you have seven inning doubleheaders, which has never happened before. You have a new extra inning rule. You have teams that aren't going to all play the same amount of games because of COVID. You have eight out of 15 in each league making the playoffs, which is freaking ridiculous. Like you can't have more than half the league make the playoffs. Like it's just doesn't make sense. So there's too many new things this year that I think it's causing some people to be like, yeah, whatever, screw it. I don't care. I got to check in on the first. Like I'll be here for 
the playoffs. Like I'm here, but I just and I'm watching the games. We talked about it this week on our show. I like I don't tweet as much during the games. A lot of times it's on. I'll be honest, like it's on the backup. You know, yeah. it's on a smaller TV. It's on a laptop. It's on my phone. Do you think? Do you think though that's um, it's a hundred percent COVID season related, or is it because like now you have a daughter who's like six months old at this point or eight months ten. old, this, 10 months yeah. old at this point. I just trying to figure out the okay. math there. 10 years, <laughs> 10 years old. We have a 10 years old. She's going to, she's going to college. It's not soon. good. It's not good. It's a Jack situation. Do you think it's like other life factors? And if 2020 was a regular season anyway, you would have lost a little interest or this is a hundred percent COVID related. I it's a hundred percent COVID because like, I think there, I don't know what percentage my uh, attention is away. There would have been some because sure. I have a kid. Like I wouldn't have made it to twenty games from Philly, right. but I still would have gone to I don't know twelve. Like I would have made it happen. Uh, but yeah, it's a COVID. Like things being all over the place, uncertainty with everything else in the world. Like you know, and I just like going to baseball games a lot. <laughs> You have the people like you guys that are like, everything's different, so we're not sure if this is legitimate. But then you have people like me that are like, look, every team's in the same boat. This is going to be a shit show for everybody. So whoever's holding up that trophy at the end of the year, no. for me, it's legitimate. No, I'm with you, Nick. Like, I I agree. This championship is legitimate. But I think when not everyone is in, is in agreement, it takes something away from it. Even for me, even if I think it's legitimate, if I can't then be in a room with 20 people and those 20 people all be like, yep, those are the world champions right there, then it takes something away from it. See, That's I think we'll be the Brian world Rice. champions, just not the World Series champions. It's just a different thing. We're just the 2020 20 champions. 27 and a, 28 and a half? Yeah, I mean, I want tw- no, 27 and then this other thing. If like, somebody comes up to me and says 27 and a half, I'm punching them in the face. Well, if you we know win, those 28, you know, if the Yankees win, like the Red Sox, the Rays are making those T-shirts 27. 20, like, oh, that's oh God, I don't even think of they're that. They're selling them on the way. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of the, the Yankee hater hat, which is the stupidest fucking hat I've ever seen in my life. The uh, there's gonna be 27 and a half. You know, it is. That's painful to think about. <laughs> so I want to talk about the extra inning rule because you guys both hate it. And it's my new favorite rule because that and I, and I use the Friday night Boston game as an example. That was a very exciting game. That was maybe the most exciting back and forth game of the season. Where we did six, maybe seven more innings. <laughs> but but you had the grind. You had even if you scored a run in the top of the inning as the away team, you're not relaxing. You're like, oh, crap. They're starting with a runner on second base. You're instantly on edge every inning. Whereas I find too many extra inning games recently, especially with the trends in baseball, it's just like someone will hit a solo home run eventually. Let's just hope it's us. And I just, I, I can't stand that. After nine innings of that, I don't want to watch another five innings of that. We're good at hitting those solo homers though. And look, our closer is Araldus Chapman. He walks a ton of people. He always has people on base. I don't need extra people on base when Chappie has a one run lead. So for me, I don't like it. But you're so you're thinking about it in the context of this Yankees team instead of like a broader baseball context. That's how I think about everything in life is in the context of this Yankees team, of course. All right. Well, I think, you know, I mean, I don't think the seven inning doubleheaders are going to stay because I, I mean, that's just not real baseball. But I, I could see them keeping this rule. Ah, oh, man, I really hope not. 
Not for the playoffs, though. We're not going to get it in the playoffs. So it's like the NHL has different rules in overtime in regular season. They they do a shootout. And then in the playoffs, they do overtime. So in baseball... They're the sport no one cares about. You're just like, oh, here's the fourth place sport. NFL. NFL does ties, okay? And then in the postseason, they don't do ties. Every sport does it to speed shit up. Because if you're doing 162 games, we don't need 18 innings. We don't. But your example from football was also their dumbest rule. Like that's and nobody, there's not a single person who goes, oh, good thing they have ties in football so we can get out of here. I mean, but physically You're the Friday night game. Didn't the Friday night game go like 14 innings, 13, 14 innings? Yeah, but that's that's Sox? that's even an aberration in extra innings. I think there was some stat, it's like uh it was like 70% end by the tenth inning and then like eighty-eight or like over ninety percent end by the eleventh inning. But like it's free baseball. And if you're tired, just go to sleep or turn it off or go home. Like, that's not possible. I can't do that. Okay. Well, I mean, I, then you have a problem. Like, I, that's yeah, your issue. I have a problem. The same thing, there's no point in whether you go to sleep or stay up where they make you that guy on second base. They don't need you. <laughs> It'd be all right if you got a like, shit going on. I'm aware of all of this, but I, I can't go to bed not knowing the result of a baseball. West Coast games aside, because I won't stay up for West Coast games when I have to go to work. I'm too fucking old for that. West Coast games aside, I will not go to bed until I know the result of a baseball game. But do we want to, with all this pace of play stuff, because this leads into the pace of play conversation, the extra innings thing, do we want to conform to the borderline people that don't, that aren't diehard baseball fans and just want to see a quicker game? Or do you want to cater to the people like us that, that love baseball and are cool with watching 14, 15, 16 inning games every once in a while? It's not like they're playing 18 inning yeah, games. No, this week. is not about pace of play. This extra inning rule does nothing for pace of play. Pace of play is the fact that nothing happens in baseball games anymore. It's all strikeouts, walks, <laughs> and home runs. Like a three, the games are still just over three hours they were just over three hours 20 years ago but a lot of stuff happened in those three hours now nothing happens in the three hours that's the problem with baseball yeah walk strike out homer yeah so i mean i think they could do things to fix that like scott and i have talked about eliminating the shift and then you're going to change a lot of hitters mentalities and you've got instead of Aaron Hicks just hitting 114 mile an hour rockets to the second baseman playing shallow right field, those will be base hits. Why would why wouldn't you just go the other way? Because he's like, incapable. Why did he's not capable. Saying, well, then you know you can't shift against yeah. is DJ LeMahieu. Exactly. Having these shifts make guys like him. I mean, the basketball term would be unguardable, but unplayable. A guy like DJ that can hit to all fields. I like for a guy like Teixeira or Ryan Howard or any of those guys, like learn how to go the other way. I don't have any sympathy for hitters with a shift. But what about for like the the data analytics people who tell these hitters, no, we don't want you hitting a single to the opposite field. We want you hitting a home run. Like, so maximize that opportunity because that's what it's well, all about. That's how they choose to run their team. <laughs> like, you know, whatever you think is going to win. But I, they, what are you going to say? Like, oh, you can only go, you know, this far over. Like, you're going to yeah, have it gets a- so ticky tacky at that point. Like, oh, he stepped over the line. No, it's just a- like it's just like anything else. There's a there's a blue line in hockey. You can't enter the what is whatever. with hockey, man? None of us like and hockey. A, a NBA. I don't even know the rule in NBA. You can't enter the paint before like. Can you have not? You can't stay in the paint for more than three yeah. seconds. So, it, as the second baseman, you can't be to the right of second base before the pitch is thrown, and vice versa for the shortstop. I don't like it. But that's on offense. 
Huh? Like on offense in the NBA, you can't stay in the paint. Oh, whatever. I just on think defense you could play zone defense. You know, I just think that for for baseball, it would it would achieve if they are truly serious about uh, more action in the games. That would help achieve it. I mean, more action would make the games longer. Not necessarily. The games weren't yeah. longer twenty years ago, and there was more action. But the game evolves. I mean, how much are you gonna? How much are you gonna do? They're gonna shift there, and then people eventually might learn how to beat the shift. You could go back to all the the changes that baseball's made over the years, but the game's gonna evolve. Now we're in the homer. We're in the homer strikeout era. But you could see it going back and swinging back in the other direction to make guys like DJ more valuable, not the homer bus guys, guys that go to all fields. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's just time, and like we're in the middle of it, so it doesn't feel like it's changing. But maybe it's changing slowly but surely, and we'll look back in fifteen years, and it will have changed. But fifteen years is a long time from now, Nick. You're right. We better have twenty eight by then, or I'll be off a bridge. Speaking of Homer strikeouts, I mean, game time eight years ago went to three hours. Yeah. Before that, it was under three hours. Okay. I mean, it was like right around three hours. Yeah, 255, 257. I mean, and that's the thing. They're just trying to get back to that. Like, that's what makes it stupid. Like, it was 310 last year. Or no, sorry. It was 305 last year. This year is the longest ever, 307. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, we're trying to save seven minutes off. Who gives yeah, a like, no, what exactly. are we doing? No, no, no. See, that's my, yeah, that's what I said at the beginning. Like, 255 to 307 really isn't that big of a difference. But if it's an action-packed 307, that feels different than a lame 307. And I feel like there's too many lame 307s now. You have like three to one games taking three hours and 10 minutes because there's 19 pitching changes and 15 walks and four solo home runs. You could also Especially with us down. too. Yeah. If you just we take the most pitches down, yeah. you could cut these down by just cutting down commercial breaks. Yeah, but that, I mean that's that doesn't work. they're not going to do that because that gives up. Throw revenue. a fucking patch on everyone's jersey. I'll see a patch on a jersey to get uh, twenty listen, minutes back. I could have Aaron Judge out there draped like a NASCAR. Okay, I don't care. But they're <laughs> but not going to. IL, so but then, no so you can't see him. But but even once they add the patches on the jersey, they're not going to be like, okay, we'll give back commercial time. It's going to be commercial time plus the patches. Yeah, they just want more revenue. They're yeah. never going to say, hey, we we don't need this revenue. Exactly. Well, if you want. You need audience to dictate media prices. So that brings me to Judge and JJ's one of his more polarizing ideas on the show, on your guys' show this year was trading Aaron Judge because the dude is always hurt. And I agree. He's injury prone. Anyone who says he's not injury prone is lying to themselves. Well, the best argument against that that I've gotten is if you discount, if you don't count 75% of his injuries. Sure. Yeah, the, the, wrist, the wrist injury was a fluke. The which what were the, what were the other ones that were that were that they say were oblique flukes? was legit calf was legit two obliques uh, he had, two he obliques. had an oblique in sixteen yep broken right. rib shoulder issue from the home run derby lung which technically didn't keep him out but caused him he had to surgery suck. on that left shoulder yeah yeah and he had I mean, surgery didn't he have a knee here. at some point too that was he's, a, he's had a everything. And Not everything <laughs> no one's denying his talent like when he's playing like he's the best player on the team. So, JJ, your idea is what? Sell high on Aaron Judge now? Yeah, I mean, well, you know, it, high is gone. We're way beyond high. Here's the thing with Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge had a tremendous 2017. No one could take that away from him. Aaron Judge in 2016 came on the scene very hot and then got injured. 
if you look at it, he has missed. I haven't done the calculation in a while. I would imagine it's somewhere around 73 to 72-73% of games he plays. And he is a monster. He is marketing. He's got all of this brand. But I think that matters to everyone except for the New York Yankees because regardless of who's wearing the pinstripes, people are going to be there to see it. They threw up the judges' chambers in 2017 because we weren't supposed to go as far as we were. No one, It was like maybe we'll sneak into the playoffs. We're not going to get a couple outs away from going to the World Series. So they threw that up. You get two union guys in there for like two hours. They rip that shit out. You give me 20 minutes, I could spray paint Frazier. Frazier's Chambers. <laughs> it's right there. Frazier's friend. And, and he's going to get, you know, everyone, you know, people for a long time are like, we got we to gotta extend Judge. We got to extend Judge. Aaron Judge is going to become a free agent in, what, two more years? Uh-huh. He's two more gonna, after this year. Yeah. He's going to be 31 years old in that first year of that next contract. Oh, yeah. And someone's going to pay him. Oh, yeah. And I just don't want it to be the Yankees, and it's much easier to deal with any blowback right now than not win the World Series. He's missed a bunch of time, and then we just like walk away from it. We got nothing in return. We have no World Series. Well, you would get a draft pick, and I know that is hard to... We don't know if that's even going to be in play anymore. That's a good point. But... Uh, you so you said no one cares about the marketing. I mean, I think Steinbrenners care about the marketing. The team was not marketable in 2013, 2014. Nobody was going. I mean, we all remember. We all went. Nobody went those like, years. Since until 2017. Yeah, since even it, it took till the very end of 2017 for the stadium to be packed every game. I'd say we'd had under 10 sellouts a year in 16, 15. It'd be like Jeter Day, Bernie Day. Like, or, or uh, yeah, if you look at attendance, I bet 17 starts to spike. 18, oh, yeah. 19 really like were, were up. And I'm, I'm not saying it's all because of Aaron Judge, but I think a big part of it is because of Aaron Judge. I mean, he's and the, I'd rather hang on a, to him during the championship window. We have two more years left with him. I'd rather ride it out, ideally get a first-round pick at the end of it if it stays the same. But to trade him now when we have our next two best years to win a championship just seems short-sighted to me. 2011, 45,100 per game. 2012, 43,700 per game. Uh, 13 was 40,500. 14 was 42,000. Wasn't that Jeter's? That was Jeter's last yeah, year. That's yeah. Cheaters, yeah. Uh, 2015 was uh, 39,400. That's then that's... 2016, 37,800. Now 2017, you get up to about 40, 42 in 18. Uh, actually, 43, and then last year uh, about 41. So, like, yeah, he's picked it up like a nominal amount. Like you're not talking. You're thinking about on TV. When you see the stadium half empty on a Tuesday, but those seats are sold. Oh, I know they it's are. It's the Yankees. Yeah, of course. Of course they're sold. And that's why the attendance numbers are all bullshit. And guess what? You don't have to worry about Aaron Judge bringing people out to the stadium because, one, he's not there <laughs> a quarter of the time. And you've got Cole. We've got Glaber. Like, you've got these other guys. You've got I Stanton. Just, oh, oh, wait. No, he's not there either. But we're stuck in that contract. No, like if I, I know. Could get rid of the Stanton contract, I would. I'm just saying, let's not get in another Stanton contract. Well, for the the MVP who's never won an MVP award, the Gold Glove outfielder <laughs> who's never won a Gold Glove. 
I agree. Don't extend him. I just don't want to trade him now. So I'm in the middle. I don't know. Oh, Andrew you don't want it. So, so I, I, I want to ride out these two and a half years and then whatever happens. Well, happens yeah, too. definitely ride out the two years and see where Nick he, doesn't break up with someone. He just stops texting. He ghosts them. Yes. Yeah. He's trying to ghost Aaron judge. I don't, I wouldn't trade him because you're never going to get value for him. You're never going to get the value he's actually worth because of the injury issue. And so, so a team's going to give you what? What are they going to get? What are you going to get for for Aaron Judge that is going to make you say, "Wow, that was worth it," versus him, hopefully playing a hundred regular season games and being healthy for the playoffs? Listen, I'm with you on the fact I don't want to give this guy an eight year contract because so he's just going to be hurt for most of it. But for the next two seasons, hopefully he plays. Hopefully you win a World Series, and then. <laughs> I don't know. See what he'll take on the free agent market. Do do try and get him like you did for Cano, where 15, it's like like fifteen mil a year. I think he no, might I don't take care a about hard deal. Yeah, I mean, no, but no, he won't. But like, we'll but see. but uh, I I'm more concerned about the years. I don't care. Pay him thirty million dollars a year. But if it's five years, I'm cool with that. I don't want to give him seven, eight years. I don't think anybody does at this point other than the diehard 99 people. And and Jack, we've talked about it, how it's like if your favorite player ever, ever is Aaron Judge, no, you're Killers. kind of a loser. <laughs> yeah, like you're a loser. I saw when I like started this whole thing, there were people like, you believe that someone out there that like, I'd get tagged after someone would be like, you believe people want to like trade Aaron Judge and someone to me. So I'd look at those responses and it'd be like a guy with a framed, not even autographed jersey with like two <laughs> pictures of and just like. I would cry if if they traded him. Then I click on that guy's profile and it says like Rutgers alum. And I'm like, you're a full on alum. You're a grown man, went to college crying about fucking some guy you'll never meet because he's got a sweet gap tooth and you like fucking Michael Strahan. Like, what are we talking about here? If you can get anything of value, you you look at that. Anything of value, though, is going to be it's going to be 50 cents on the dollar. That's not worth it. I think. I think you can get more than 50 cents on the dollar. Are you Judge's 100 games are, are good enough for me, though. He's still hitting 27, 28 homers in those 100 games, playing great defense, generating around five war. His 100 games is better than most people's yep. 140 or 150 or whatever. And as long as we can keep paying him like one and a half million dollars, that's a good deal. Well, he's making eight well, now this he's year. Eight and a half, yeah. I mean, that's still a good deal. But for, for Judge... Like, can he make less next year? Like an arbitration? Uh, no, nah, that never happens, really. Because like yeah. he's a, he didn't earn that money this year. Like he did not earn even that amount of money in a situation that fucks players. So he'll play what like twenty five out of sixty. Yeah, it's going to be depressing to look at. Oh, yeah, and think should. about think about it from this standpoint. He was going to be out until J- July anyway with a shoulder ish- or what yeah. was it? I don't even remember what, a rib injury. <laughs> so he was going to play out of one hundred sixty two games, like thirty five. Thirty five. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was going to play forty games. It's insane. Make eight and a half million dollars, and then make like twelve next year. Nick, you're right in the sense that his hundred games are better than most people's hundred fifty, but that's not going to be true when he's thirty three. And you're right, and then that's why I'm not down for the extension. That's why I'm down to just ride it out. Ideally, get the first round pick, and I think it's the middle ground there. I also don't think. Look, if we're sitting here as Yankee fans saying we don't want to give him eight years, I don't think there are that many other teams out there that are going to be like, yeah, we'll we'll go to eight or nine years. I just don't see the market. Didn't we say that about Cano? Yeah, and look, they gave up halfway through. Well, but someone else still signed him. Yeah, no, you're right. That was a different market, though. That was before. I mean, I know. Free agency was good, but th- it's different now. Whereas once you hit 30, everybody's skeptical, I feel like now. Uh, 
for the like ten year contracts, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't think he's gonna get a ten year contract. No, he's too old. Yeah, I think any contract is going to be too long because he's not gonna take like a three year deal. Five and five. I, I don't think you can trade a, a five year, thirty one through thirty six of Aaron Judge is gonna be atrocious. There's no one who like hits his late twenties, early thirties, and is like, "Oh, now I'm healthy all the time." Unless you're just going to make him a DH, and then now we're taking away the whole Gold Glover with no Gold Glove. We can't we make him a full time DH for the know. next eight years. So, like <laughs> my thought, and obviously I didn't like think it. You know, I didn't you know fully sort it all out and, and sort of look at it was at the time. I said when Clevenger was available, if you can get Clevenger and Lindor, and you give up Judge, Garcia, and Duhar, and like maybe you got to throw in someone else. Like If they would entertain that, you can make that move at the time. Glaber wasn't healthy. You have flexibility in the infield with, uh, with DJ, and Glaber Torres is not a great shortstop. I still don't think Didi would have been worth what it was. He's young enough to, play, to learn how to play corner outfield. You mentioned Glaber real quick, and I'm not trying to hijack this conversation, but are we going to get to a point during a during a playoff game where we're bringing in a defensive replacement mm. for Glaber in the yeah. eighth inning? Because he's been he's been really bad, guys. We uh we talked about that on on our Thursday show. I mentioned that you and I were talking about that on Facebook. Um, I I don't think they will do it, but I would consider it. I don't think they'll do it because I think uh, they like to take Voight out instead. Um, but and and. Oh, I don't know. I feel like they're also they're they're also worried about like hurting Glaber's feelings. <laughs> like seriously, ball gets hit to him, and it, it's oh, not yeah, Andujar level. But you're holding your breath a little bit for sure. Imagine if they didn't have Geo and it was Andujar and Glaber on the left side. <sighs> that would be the worst left side of the infield ever. It I could just, get a hit. I could get on base in a major league. It would game. be oh a it God. would be a disaster. He like, and sometimes I think guys just need to like they need the season to end. Like, I think he needs... Like Clint last year. Yeah, Clint needed that season to end so bad. He's come back. He's been great. I think Glaber didn't know for a good part of the offseason, like, what position he was playing. So he couldn't start really, like, working on that from, like, day one. And then, you know, you just have, like, this weird offseason that's longer, but, like, can you do the things you would normally do? Let's give him another offseason to make adjustments. Hopefully the team has, you know, some kind of plan for him. But if that trade was out there, it's not like – because people were like, oh, so you move him back to second, you move DJ to first. DJ LeMay, who's the best second baseman in baseball. Yeah, so you don't move him anywhere unless it's an emergency. Um, if anything, in that situation, you teach Glaber to play first base. Uh, but I think he would, would have been young enough to learn how to play corner outfield. Glaber wasn't good at second either the last two years. He had bad metrics there. He might just not be a good fielder. Yeah. I mean, I know we don't want to admit that, but. Right. The concerning thing is that they they said, oh, he has more instincts at shortstop, but it just hasn't been shown. Yeah, I haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Last thing. Uh, Nick, are you re-signing Tanaka? Yes. Three years and around 45 or 40 million. I'm not going crazy for him. Uh, JJ, are you re-signing Tanaka? Uh, what did you say? Three years, three years, forty-five million. I'll say forty-five. Well, I would say three year. I think like three years, thirty-six million. I tweeted that earlier today would be good. Like, I know it's the latest, you know, little war I'm fighting on Twitter because right before we did this, we recorded this on Thursday, 
you guys tweeted out from your podcast handle that Fangraphs War puts him at a value of $150 million. He yeah. got paid $155, so like, this is a great contract. I didn't say that. I just said no, yeah. no, no. So you didn't say that, but you got that from Frank Marco, and that's what his dumb head was thinking <laughs> because he just measures everything in war. I don't know. Maybe we're the war world. But champions. unfortunately, that's what the Yankees nerds are also measuring. So they look at that contract from Tanaka and they say, good job, guys. Let's pat each other on the back. Good for them as they have no world. Zero series World Series rings to show for it. I agree. So, so you tell me, listen, his war. And I know I'm a bit of an old man about baseball right and i understand he, you know wins and losses don't matter the guy never won more than 14 games okay his era is a 374 his fip is a 391 so even so he's got bailed out on defense mm-hmm. yep i mean what do we give him two years 17 million a year like hap like yeah, these are that's what i said i said I, I said the hap contract if he takes the hap contract then you sign him but if he wants more than two if he wants wow, more than okay. the HAP contract, you got to walk away. I also think they're on borrowed time with him and his arm. And he's yeah. basically had to abandon his fastball because I don't know if it's injury-related or age-related. The guy's 31 years old, but he's like an old-ass 31 years old. If and, you would have told me in mid-2014 that we would get through the seven years without oh, I know. having Tommy John surgery, I would have bet anything against that. And, and, and Tanaka has been uh, – he's been good. And he's been great in the playoffs, and you can't take that away from him. But I, I don't think we can just expect every year, oh, once Tanaka makes the playoffs, he's going to turn into our number one pitcher. Like, eventually, he's going to get hit in the playoffs because guess what? He gets hit in the regular season all the time. We were there. That was game four of the <laughs> ALCS. He got smacked by the Astros. We were sitting there miserable. In so essentially, in more or less than a must-win game. I mean, you fell behind 3-1 in that series because he he lost that game. And he, he didn't suck in that game. But so, so I think people overrate Tanaka because of his postseason performance. He is a mid to high three ERA guy who can go five innings. And if you can get that for two or three years, I'm cool with that. If he wants more than that, you have to walk away because. I just, mean, the, la- the last four years, he's an over four ERA guy. Like he's not a mid to high threes. He's an over four ERA guy. Okay, so let's call it a four. Couple starts a year. Yeah, so let's call it a four ERA guy who can pitch five innings. That's a number five starter. They paid Jay Happ eighteen million a year to be a number five starter. In what we, I think we all agree, was stupid, awful contract. Yes, I mean in hindsight, obviously at the time, I mean Tanaka. I trust Tanaka more than I trust Jay Happ. I mean, let's be fair. Hope so. But look at next year. We're not going to bring back Paxton. Hap's probably gone. Now we're, you guys are talking about maybe letting Tanaka go. We got to fill out five spots. Cole can't pitch every day. Sevy won't be ready in the beginning. So you need bodies at the same time. Well, I'm just saying at $17 million a year, there's someone else for $17 million a year. Or there's two people for $17 million a year who can be five starters, have a four-something ERA, miss a couple starts a year and always have you worried that like he is, you know, he can go out there and this is what he does is he'll go out there and give us a nine inning complete game. One, two hitter against the Mariners in late Once a August. Year. Once a year. And we'll be like, fuck yeah. And we'll forget <laughs> all the times he got yelled. He is just as many of his terrible stinkers from, you know, 
being decent to and him being a great starter from those much more rare complete games being average and him being in the fucking bullpen in Milwaukee. Well, that's People why cherry pick too. Uh, of course, of course they do, they do with everything. And that's why his, his season stats net out to an average pitcher. And then his postseason stats, he's nutted up every season in the postseason. And, and so, so I, I don't know what to take away from that. It's like 46 innings in the postseason. You can't call that like a large sample. So we'll see what he does this year. I don't know. I think they're going to probably resign him if I had to guess. I hope they do. I just hope it's a good deal. It's going to yeah. be tough to say. Once you let, but once you figure Paxton's gone, I just don't see them letting both of them walk. It's just hard for me to envision that with not having Sevy ready. There's no such thing as pot committed. Just because you lost one bad pitcher doesn't mean you can't lose a mediocre pitcher on a bad deal. Like, if it's a good deal, if someone wants to overpay, let them overpay. Definitely. Definitely, but you also and Cashman, I guarantee you. And you're only looking at the Dodgers, right? Dodgers, maybe the Angels. Like those are the only people who I could see him going to. Like he's not going to Kansas City. No, but they're not paying him fifteen plus million a year anyway. But and I you, just don't think the middle of the country has enough money. There's no one in the middle of the you country. Couldn't, you couldn't see like the White Sox, who are like a young up and coming team, being no, like, "Hey, I live in Chicago." How do you know this? Do you know, real cryptic, do you though. do you know him? Yes. How do you know where he wants to live? Because he was the biggest star in Japan and came to America and picked to go to our biggest city with his pop star, like K-pop or whatever the hell it is, wife, because she wanted to be in New York. You don't then be like, ah, you know what? I want to go have a casserole that they call pizza here in Chicago. (laughs) No. If anything, it falls into the like stereotypical, and we've talked about this on our show. I don't even know like where it comes from. That like, well, he's from Japan, so he'll want to be in L.A. as if it's like a forty-five minute <laughs> yeah. drive. It's a hop, skip, and a jump home overnight flight, and it's still a job where you have to be there every day because you don't get to Roger Clemens it and just show up when you're playing because you've got a four ERA the last four years. Do you know where I think we got that? Like the first four Japanese players that came over all signed on the West Coast. So we're just like, oh, they yeah, they must all want to be on the West Coast. I mean, uh, um, Hideki Arabu uh, signed. He was like the third big guy to come over. Uh, and he signed with the Yankees, but everyone else was like a West Coast guy. That's got to be where it came from. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it started because it also at the time that Ichiro came over, um, Nintendo owned the Mariners. And, you know, like just, I don't know, being a kid at that time where he was like, oh, I guess fucking Nintendo. Like, what are you going to like? Super Mario negotiated the contract. <laughs> That's a fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good stuff, guys. That's not racist. That's just being young. Like that's just as a kid. I didn't say it was racist. I didn't Uh, say it was racist. You gave me that like pause of like, ah. And don't forget, Hideki Robert won two World Series. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, he he did did, personally. (laughs) He's dead. Rest in peace. R.I.P. The Fat Toad. (laughs) Can't believe Steinbrenner called him the Fat Toad. Outwardly. What a those were the what a jackass. The cover of the Daily News. I was like, damn. Yeah, I, I don't remember, see how doing that. I remember when he threw no. that no hitter, too. Right? Didn't he throw a no hitter? No. No. What? Did he, no. No. You know that's not what it was. It was the. Uh, it was like six when, innings, four runs. <laughs> didn't even get a quality start. <laughs> Every game, just always. For some reason, I thought he threw a no. 
No, I mean, the only there's been no no hitters in Yankees history, except like the perfect games from Cone, Wells, Doc Doc Gooden, no hitter. Yeah. Doc Doc Gooden. Remember Pineda almost threw one no hitter on the home opener? I think that was 2017. And then obviously the Messina one, Carl Everett. Oh, my God. Carl Everett beat his kids. He did. He used to hit his kids. And do you know, if you sat in the bleachers at Yankee Stadium, they let him know about it. Do you know the Yankees drafted Carl Everett in like 1991? And then they really? lost him to the Rule 5 draft? Ah. Yeah. Fun fun child abuse facts. <laughs> All right. That's it for, for this portion of the show. The 161 boys and Scott will be up next. You guys want to leave with anything? Any, any parting words? Go get 28. This- I bet this is more interesting than the next segment. Okay, great. (laughs) You guys have counted on restaurants, and now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food that you're craving right to your door. Ordering is extremely easy. You open the DoorDash app, you choose what you want to eat, and the food is delivered right to you safely outside your door. And you can now choose their new contactless delivery drop-off setting. I use it all the time. Uh, it's a it's a terrific app, and there's a lot of local restaurants that you can get as well. There are way more than you expect that are included with DoorDash. Um, Bevan and I use this app probably twice a week. So definitely recommend going on and, and buying it, especially with the code that we're about to give you. Many of the local restaurants are still open for delivery. So you can just use DoorDash, uh, select from their menu, choose the food you want, and they bring it right to you. And it usually happens pretty fast. And you can track the people as they come, which is fun to know because now you know when your food is coming exactly to the minute. So right now, all of our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fee with their first order of $15 or more. Just download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Guys, the wait is finally over and football is back. And you might not be at the game this year, but you could still bet on the game and on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure that you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use your promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we're doing round two of this. Round robin going uh, over the Yankees' weird 2020 season. We now have some conclusion. We know what's happening. We're recording this on Sunday night about 8 o'clock after the Yankees back their ass back up into the playoffs. We're playing Cleveland. We know that much. I'm joined by the 161 boys, Luke and Damon. What's up, fellas? How you doing? Thanks for joining today. What's going on? Thanks for having us. Happy Sunday. Happy Happy Sunday. Sunday. So backing up, like in in uh, in true 2020 fashion, just like backing backing up into the playoffs, going into going into Cleveland. We know this. Um, Andrew and I are going to be doing a preview episode for the Bronx Pinstripe Show tomorrow. So um, you guys will all get that when uh, Andrew and I talk to them. We're, we're lining up some uh, some Cleveland, either podcasters or beat reporters as well um, right now. So we should have that for you Tuesday morning. Um, but you're going to be here in George's box and the 161 boys tonight. 
basically just reactions to the 2020 season. Andrew and I split up. Uh, Andrew spoke with those guys, and I am talking to the 161 boys now. So, fellas, this year has been strange. It's been obviously strange. Luke, you're studying for a massive test coming up tomorrow morning, and I know that's been taking a lot of your brain space as well. Yeah, it's the dedication How are we, uh, right now. <laughs> it is dedication, man. I appreciate it. The um, how are we? Uh, how are you guys feeling about 2020? Just in general, looking at what went down this whole year. Like, let's even start from the beginning and just and and you know, give me your reactions or what your your thoughts were when you heard that you know the the games, the double headers were going to be um, seven innings. We had some weird extra inning rules. The ga- the the season was 60. Just give me your whole, uh, you know, where where you're going with that first, and then and then how you think it played out. Yeah, I mean. Going into the season, I didn't really have much of an expectation at all because I just wanted baseball in any form that we could get it. So all the rules, obviously, they threw together with the seven innings and the man on second, all that. I didn't really care that much. But obviously, now that we got baseball and now we can kind of be a little more critical about it, I didn't really like the seven inning doubleheaders because for for the Yankees' sake specifically, there's a lot of situations where we probably would have won games because we tend to put up runs late and we just didn't have enough time. And that's happened a few times I can remember. And I just don't like that you could possibly get a loss because of that. And that was one thing I didn't really like. At first, it seemed like a pretty good idea, but just to get more games in. But they didn't really get more games in. They just got the same amount of games, 60 games, just made them shorter so they could do it in the same day. They were they initially I mean, they made them shorter on, by innings, not by time. Exactly. They, yeah. I thought the idea was to do double headers so you can squeeze in 80 or 100 games, you know? Yeah, no, that was, I mean, they're originally doing this as well because the other thing is you didn't know how many games they were going to have to stack. If guys started popping, you know, more and more and it didn't really go away during the season, there were, theoretically, you could have, you could have had, we, we all could have had a lot more double headers, all of the teams. Um, it, it ended up working out okay as far as like the testing and, and you know, the way that, that it got handled. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it was an interesting thing though. It was definitely like, co-ed softball i kind of i kind of went to the season (laughs) (laughs) i kind of went to the season um like hating the runner on second rule and being okay with the seven inning doubleheader rule and at the end of the season i was completely opposite i hated the seven inning doubleheaders but didn't really mind the man on second rule because i feel like we barely even saw the man on second rule the whole season we saw it a few times but i just like it doesn't for me the man on second rule just it takes all the drama out of the extras. Like it's not even that exciting anymore. Andrew looks at the other side of it. He's like, well, there's it's exciting because that guy could score. I'm like, well, okay, he's there. I know he's there. Like he was just placed there. Like someone just put him there. Nobody earned getting on second base. That's not, it's not fun. It's like a ground ball. Guy goes a third. That's small ball. It's not like anybody plays that anymore, but theoretically it's not that difficult to get the runner in. Yeah. And you know what? A lot of the time it kind of benefited us. That's why I kind of liked the rule too, because the guy who got out the last inning is usually Tyler Wade and he's <laughs> pretty fast. So that helped us out a lot. His 170 batting average definitely uh, played into that rule. Yeah. This is, watch out. This is, this is an all Tyler Wade show. Actually, it could be. We could. You know what though? We, <laughs> we started, we obviously were the Tyler Wade fan club and I know you, you tried to start that back in the day. Uh, I didn't try to start it. I started it. <laughs> okay, so you started it, and then we picked it up, not knowing that it already existed. So in turn, we also started it because we didn't know it existed. So we started to fizzle out towards the end of the season because we just – this is the first year we actually got a, a good look at him starting a lot of games. Not a lot of games, but he played a lot. I'm pretty sure he put, had like 
the majority of the games played like on his log and he was pretty bad. So, I mean, he never was a hitter, but his hitting's pretty That's true. the problem with Tyler Wade. So my, yeah. my fandom, the, 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 the reason I like him is, is because I love him as the last guy on the bench. I think he's yeah. an extremely valuable guy as yeah. the last guy on the bench. I don't want him playing every day. <laughs> I don't want him going out there to start the games. I want him available on the uh, on the bench, ready to come in to play some defense anywhere because he can play anywhere pretty much. Yeah. You know, the only thing I'll say about him that's disappointing to me is I don't understand why he hasn't become the world's greatest bunter. Like just master bunting. Don't hit. You can't hit. You're not going to hit. It's not going to happen. Just bunt. And just become one of those Korean to too. Like it'd be like a three-one count, and he was squaring up to bunt, and just wouldn't do it. <laughs> I love it. it. I love it. <laughs> right, but that's the thing. Like I want, I want him to bunt on on every count. I want him yeah. to have like that much Rio. confidence where he'd be able to do three-zero count. You want to bunt? <laughs> yeah, bunt. Surprise! He's probably going to get through fastballs. It's going to get to a three-two count because nobody's scared of Tyler Wade. He should. I mean, he should literally be training. Like, don't even go in the cage. Just bunt that's or what? or go in the cage and bunt. And like set up targets, set up targets, put little yeah. hot spots, you know, like the, yeah. the from gym class, the little the little yeah. rubber hot spot thing, and <laughs> and hit them every single Just time. Be playing pepper all day. Yeah, if you're gonna get a nerd, we could get a nerd analysis for the accuracy of the bunting. Like, give me that. <laughs> I, I'm I'm here for for bunting, uh, for for bunting stats. And then he hits a home run, and he acts like everything. All the other thirty at bats where he looked like a fool just erase after that home run. He pimps it, and he acts like he's the man. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, you know, when you hit something, it's your, when you drink your first beer, you get really excited. Yeah, about I it, know. So. <laughs> I sound like I hate. I sound like I hate Tyler Wade, but I love Tyler Wade. But he, his his bat definitely is not there. I, I hope that we don't have to rely on it. If it comes to the point where we have to rely on his bat, then we're in a big we're in a bad situation. Yeah, yeah no, he better. He needs the bunt. <laughs> if we're relying <laughs> on him to do anything with the bat, he needs the bunt. Yeah. Um, all right. So yeah, seven innings. The uh, the extra inning rule. The um, the expanded playoffs, obviously that's where we are now. So today was, was crazy just because, you know, there were so many different scenarios that were playing out. It seemed like every five minutes it was changing uh, and who was playing where, you know, and, and like just the, the games all depended on, um, you know, the seating basically going to the end of it. To me, like that's fun, I guess, if you're one of the teams going – getting in like Toronto, that's cool. They're in the playoffs, right? Yeah. That's something exciting for them. The, um, you, you start seeing like uh, teams like the Marlins who actually had a pretty good year, but are getting in. So I think the short season helped them. The expanded playoffs helped them as well, but it didn't add that much excitement to me. Like it, you're all these people, it was just confusing at the end. Cause I don't know, nobody knows where they're going to play. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, I don't know what do you did. It seems like when they, they, they announced this, what it was like this, the day before the season started, I think. And they're, they basically expanded, making the regular season relatively meaningless because it was pretty much worthless when that many uh, that, that many teams are in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, like you said, the only it, the regular season was pretty meaningless. And to top it all off, you get home field, you don't have anybody in your stadium cheering on, cheering you on. Like I know me out there in the stands screaming my head off from the, the bleachers definitely helps a little bit. And like that, at least it makes you think if you feel good about it as a, as a, you know, as a fan, I think I'm doing something and right. they don't have that fueling them. And that's one of the main benefits of home field. And especially for a team like the Yankees who have just such a good history of October and just playing in the Bronx is so hard. But now anyone who comes in the Bronx, it's really not, it's just the same thing. I mean, the only thing you, the only benefit you get his home ballpark, the dimensions, and then now it's neutral site. So now what? Now you just now it doesn't matter. Now you, now you just get last licks. So, yeah. but in terms of the expanded playoffs as a whole, 
uh, I don't mind it. And I know they're talking about doing it in the future as well. So, I mean, that's what we knew with all these rule changes that some of them would stick around and they're obviously not doing it just to do it for this season. They're putting them out there and feeling them, see how they, they, they just wear them, see how they, see how they are. And I think they like that one. I think they like that more teams make the playoffs. And I think they obviously the teams like it because they get playoff money and that's obviously what they're after. So I don't know. I liked it, but down the stretch today, we played, we had three different matchups that just kept switching and we ended up playing the Indians. So, yeah, but the end of the day though, like if we didn't have expanded playoffs this season, we would be probably playing in a one game wildcard game and not a yeah. going into a series, which is a little bit of Yankee bias coming out the whole situation. But for this year, I like it because we're in the playoffs and we're going to head to a three game series instead of a one and done game. Right. But at the, at the end of the day, like if the, if the series, I don't know. You know, you you might be approaching some of these games a little differently as well if you know that that's a situation yeah. and and you're you know you got yeah. more on the line. It's like they, they literally, if Toronto won today, they they could be playing Tampa. Like they, they could have been the eighth seed if Toronto had beaten the Orioles. The Yankees would have been the eighth seed going. We have been and playing Tampa because yeah. I know we had the same. Record. There was what there was a there to? was a tiebreaker. There was a two tiebreaker head to head with Toronto was tied. Then you go to AL East records. And if they had beaten Baltimore today, it would have been exactly the same. And then you go to like interdivisional opponent winning percentage, some bullshit that just, and they had it. So yeah, the Yankees would have been going to, um, to Tampa. You know what I was saying though? I was saying, yeah, I was saying that to a few people though. Like I kind of wanted to see them play Tampa. I'm not, I am scared of Tampa just because of how well they played us this year, but they played us when we haven't had a full team and the team's back. I mean, they haven't been playing well this week, but I mean, the week before that, they were putting up 30 runs a game and putting up football scores. So, I mean, if you go into Tampa, again, you're going not into a home field. And even if we went into the Trop, that's our home field in a regular season. So, I don't know. I'm not so worried if, about playing Tampa in the playoffs because I know everybody will hopefully step up to the plate. And we got Cole and playoff Tanaka. And I think, I think the vibe will definitely get the guys going. All right, so let's. Uh, I want to get your reactions to a few things that happened this season, and then we'll uh, we'll touch on kind of what's what's coming up with the with the playoffs because there still is an opportunity to play Tampa as long as the Yankees take care of business against you know the Triple Crown winner of pitching stats, <laughs> Shane Bieber. You know the guy had like the most one of the best seasons, yeah. uh, you know, in in a, in a long time, but shortened season, so you know doesn't. He could win MVP. Could win MVP. Could win MVP. All right, I want to get your guys' uh, opinions on on a few things that happened this season. So. Obviously, Garrett Cole, I mean, he pitched well. He pitched, he pitched very well. You know, I think we were all expecting perfection. That's not realistic, but he pitched very well. We had that, that little, uh, what, four-game stint of him going out there and, and actually looking like a human being. Um, what has come out of this is this personal catcher, or if you're asking him, personal pitcher situation with, uh, with Cole and Higgy. And then, obviously, Gary Sanchez is part of this as well. So Cole's numbers with Higgy. Uh, you know, out of this, uh, out of this world with Sanchez, you know, still good, but not, not the same. There's obviously a comfort level there. I want to hear your, I want to hear thoughts on, on the, the personal catcher situation and if it's warranted at this point. And, and then also sidebar, is there a personal catcher situation? Can you call it that when your starting catcher is struggling as bad as he is? So go ahead, Luke, hit it up. You know, I, I actually heard you guys talking about this in the last episode, and I, I agree with what you were saying. It's just like, is it really a personal catcher at the point when your starting catcher isn't hitting? And then Higgy came out that game and hit three home runs. So 
when the offensive value is where it's at and like what Gary should be just absolutely blowing the cover off the ball and that's why he's in the lineup. But if he's not doing that and then the offensive value is comparable between him and Higgy, then we're not even talking about personal catchers anymore. Like we're, and it shouldn't be. Yeah. Let's all be very clear about that. It shouldn't be. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not dismissing the fact that Gary Sanchez should be much better and should be that guy. Yeah, no, and he definitely should be, but he just hasn't been doing that. And I know it's a shortened season as well. And I still have faith in Gary a little bit, like some part of me knows. And I know the pitcher probably approaches it that way as well. Like it's Gary Sanchez. It's not some bum up there. Like when you are a pitcher, Shane Bieber, as good as he is, you're going out there, you're facing Gary Sanchez versus Kyle Higashioka. The way you approach that at bat is still Gary can hit one out. Gary could put one in the fucking bleachers. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just. But see, yeah. here's the thing. Like I, I, Shane Bieber is a pitcher. He doesn't, yeah. he throws 95, you know, but he knows how to locate. He knows how to, to work that count. That's, that's to me is like, if I'm, if I'm going up against Gary Sanchez, like that guy's not seeing a fastball. Like he's probably not seeing a fastball, probably not going to see anything on the inside of the plate either. So yeah. and why if not? He's control, been chasing the ball. So why not? Yeah. Why, why give him a pitch to hit if he's going to swing the one in the dirt anyway? So it's interesting. All right. So Damon, what are your thoughts? Do you like a, do you think it's a, do you think it's a representative of something on Cole and why this is happening or more of a, uh, you know, more of a look on, on Gary just hasn't been performing and that's why this happened. Yeah. I think that like, so we were talking about it on the last episode and we had some stats that I pulled up and I have them here as a screenshot just from last episode that Cole with Sanchez, his ERA was a three nine one. And Cole with other catchers behind the dish is a 0.9 ERA. With and other catchers? With other catchers, yeah. yeah Which Kratz. probably means Kratz and Higashi Yoga. Like, I know the sample size is a little bit smaller, but that's nothing to just kind of blow past. That's a significant ERA change. And, uh, you know, I like to, you know, we're going to the playoffs. Like, I'm just a firm believer in who's hot. And I, we're going to play a couple, couple games. And if, Garrett Cole is throwing the way he's throwing with Higashioka behind the plate and Higgy continues to square up the ball every at-bat, then why? It doesn't even matter that he hits, honestly. Yeah, if it's yeah. not, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And if we're going to the playoffs, keep it that way, keep it, keep the momentum going. I don't want to see anything change if Cole is pitching. If other people are, are pitching, then it's a different story because, you know, I've been saying let's wait for Sanchez to get hot for – weeks and weeks and weeks but for it could yeah. it could happen <laughs> so like, saying that for two years he could get hot and hit five home runs in three games and then we'll never know so uh, it's it's i'm always go back and forth but i think the safe option goal pitch if cole's pitching i want higgy behind the dish and that's always been the thing with the personal catcher thing for me too is that if this were a personal catcher conversation then i might say no for higgy but i mean when higgy goes out there higgy plays a good defensive game and that's we were making conversations about this halfway through this season, which is, I mean, a month ago is halfway through this season, but we were talking about it and we were saying there are so many catchers out in the, in the league that I honestly would kind of rather have over Gary and everyone would on Twitter would be like, Oh, but like Gary is like the like best at his position. Top Bro, 10. 2017. Yeah. yeah 2017. Have. Look at Gary. Like, I mean, look Three at his numbers, ago. look at his home run numbers compared to like Mike Piazza. And then in the first hundred games, all that, and I get that and whatever it is, but all these other catchers, like, I mean, Christian Vasquez and all these other guys, they're catching. They catch. So, did you, you say that? Christian Vasquez? That's who you brought up? That's, <laughs> the, that's the one you bring but, up? <laughs> but, uh, exactly. But he's like a middle-of-the-pack guy who actually didn't he hit decently this year. I don't know. But he catches first and foremost. He's a catcher. And that's what Higgy does. So, you know that the game isn't going to get screwed because 
you're going to have let up a pass ball and in the playoffs that matters so much. So I'd rather have Higgy knowing that he's going to be an actual backstop than Gary just being like, at this point, you, at this point, look, you, you, we have, we have Garrett Cole going up against Bieber. You, you can't mess with anything at this yeah. point. Now, now you have to do what, whatever no that comfort words. level is. It's, it's Cole and, and, uh, and Higgy, they, they have something going. You got to put the, you got to put that in there. You have to, you have to start, you have to start the series. And that is more to me. It's more on Gary Sanchez for whatever reason, Garrett Cole and Gary Sanchez weren't on the same page. No. You know what? Garrett Cole admit that to in, in public. Probably not. Maybe he never will. Who knows? But my eye test is telling me your stats are telling me that they weren't on the same page. So um, yeah, I don't know. It's strange. And I, I agree. I, I don't know if it's, if you listen to the last episode, like you said, there's, there's just uh it's not a catch. It's not a personal catcher situation when the starting catcher is, is, uh, is not playing the way he's supposed to. All right. So let's move on to next thing. I think we're, we're all expecting to see Cole Higgy on Tuesday night. If we don't, that would be, that would be a surprise. Honestly, if Boone yeah. came out and said Sanchez was starting, I would be like, okay, great. Here we go. Yeah. Boone's getting cute. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's, let's try to be, Let's try to catch lightning a bottle with Gary Sanchez, and maybe this will be his one of 20 games. All right, so <laughs> MVP, MVP caliber season. We got two guys uh, that that are up there. Voight's really, I don't think, in consideration technically really with a lot of the, the, you know, the, the voters um, because of, of some of the metrics. But DJ LeMahieu and Luke Voight practically carried this season, uh, the team for the season, I mean, Gio Rochelle is up is is in this conversation as well as far as team MVP. Uh, he was a rock at third base. Someone comes to me and says he's a bad defensive third baseman again. I'm going to punch him in the face because nothing, nothing, nothing that he shows is uh, is you know representative of that. But um, Luke Voigt is uh, the home run king. DJ LeMahieu got the batting title. So, what are your thoughts on these two guys carrying? And not only that, but you know, DJ was gone, was down. It started the season with COVID, right? So he came mm-hmm. was, uh, off the, off the, uh, off that list um, to start the season. And then as well, uh, missed a, a couple of days because of the hand and then Voight with the foot stuff, just playing through it the entire time. Like, yeah. I love that. What are your, what are your thoughts on those two guys? Damon, what's up? I think that, yeah, Rel and I disagree in this throughout the entire season. So I, I kept saying that Luke Voight was the team MVP. And the, the main reason I say that is because like you said earlier, LeMahieu was down for a little bit and it wasn't the fact that LeMahieu was down. It was the fact that everybody was down and Luke Voigt was the only person in the lineup that was hitting and the only person that was producing to help the team win. Like if he was in that lineup, then we would be losing, you know, five straight games without him. So I think that having like his presence in the lineup throughout the entire season, his consistency and coming up in big moments and carrying a team when the team was down, I think that, Along with the fact that he hit twenty one whatever home runs and yeah, that it was twenty three, yeah, twenty, yeah, crazy amount, you know, twenty two, twenty two, right, right the the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think just like all those things combined, he's he's a, a slightly better MVP in my eyes, and it's close. It's like it's right here, you know. But in my eyes, it's it's Luke Floyd. Yeah, I mean, and when you look at them, it, there's no wrong answer. It's what you prefer, and I mean, the voters to me when I was looking back at other MVPs, you recently, I feel like they've been preferring the batting average. When you look at Mookie Betts, Jose Altuve for whatever you want to take with that. But when they voted, he was, they were voting on the numbers. they liked his batting average. And when you look at DJ, uh, did he finish above uh, Tim Anderson? I think he did. So he, yeah, for a batting average, yeah, he won the title. Yeah. 
So he won the title and then Voight won the home run title. But I, I'm going to go with DJ because, I mean, what I see the voters are preferring. The, if you're batting 364, I think he finished at, it's pretty good, especially as a leadoff guy. He's obviously not going to have the RBI numbers because he's batting leadoff, but he still managed to be that guy with runners in scoring position late in games too. So when he was given the opportunities, he was taking advantage. And I actually looked at these numbers uh, comparing him to other guys who are in the race for MVP, like Tim Anderson, Mike Trout, Jose Abreu, Nelson Cruz, not Shane Bieber, because I, I don't know how to compare those numbers, and I don't know how voters will either. War, you look at war. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's basically it. But when you look at the other numbers, I looked at like who led categories, like main categories, such as like batting average, home runs, RBIs, war, other stuff. But DJ, out of all the lists of players I just named, he led in one, two, three, four, five of the eight categories I have against everybody. And that's pretty good. He just didn't lead in home runs and RBIs. And he led in WOBA, OPS. He's a leadoff hitter, yeah. yeah. Weighted runs, weighted runs, trade plus, OBP, batting average. He led in all those, but then it's, again, what you prefer. But I, I think the main person he's going up against is Jose Abreu. That dude had a pretty good season, I'd say, because he had the numbers that were similar to Voight's power, but he also hit 330. So I think if, he's, if, if the DJ is going to lose to anybody, I'd give it to Abreu. Or Bieber, yeah. if you want to compare that, but I don't know. How. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I don't know how they're gonna. I mean, if you look at the percentage of games that he won and and or started to, it was something crazy. It was, we looked it up. I think it was um, he was in eleven, ten or eleven of the game of sixty games he had, you know, a marked influence on. Yeah. So it was it was a significant amount of the games that that he had a uh, um, an influence on. The uh, the one thing that so I'm looking at at MVP at least like Lemayhu's got to be up there with the talks. I, I don't think Voight's defense plays into it. And I think it, it, it kills him in, in these talks Yeah, yeah. there. When you're talking about league MVP and like, I'm sorry, when you're talking about team MVP and the guy that's most valuable rather than the guy who has the highest stats, because that's usually what it goes to. Um, they're both right there uh, for, for this team, but Voight, I think playing through the foot injury, you know, just being that durable guy out there, um, I, I ate complete shit talking about uh, him losing his job at some point because I was Mike the Ford, biggest Floyd hater in the beginning. I was there too. I, it's not that I didn't like him. I, I thought, I thought what I saw at the end of last year with Ford, I thought that there was something happening there and, yeah. and that he was going to get more time and he was going to take advantage of it. That didn't happen. You're not alone. You're not alone. We're no, all yeah, it's there. fine. It's, it's fine. I've been wrong twice before. So <laughs> the, I said, I said Miggy was going to take the, the starting third base job by the start of the playoffs. Look, well, that's, that's just dumb. There's no I, I don't know. I, I had faith that old Miggy would come around, but he didn't. So old Miggy still couldn't play third base. Yeah, I know. I was just hoping that he would figure it out and he didn't. <laughs> the, uh, but yeah, I mean, LeMahieu, all right. So here, here, this begs the question now, what are you guys thinking? And, and realistically here, we're walking into an off season now with, uh, I'm going to ask two more, uh, two more off season questions before we, before we wrap this up. But LeMahieu obviously is a free agent. I mean, the guy is, is the freaking, I, I called him the spine. He's like the, he is the <laughs> backbone of this team. It's true. How, how much money do you give him? What is, what is the contract? I mean, have All you guys talked about this on the show? Like, what are you thinking the, a realistic contract for DJ LeMahieu is? And he's talked about it. They were asking him today in the, on the Zoom calls. And he, you know, he kept saying, like, I've said this before. I want to be here. I want to be here. We'll see how free agency plays. I believe him. I, you know, we'll see. He's a nice guy. I don't know if he wants to take a home, hometown discount. Or yeah. he shouldn't. He absolutely shouldn't. I mean, he, he's been the most consistent player on this team and he's the type of player that 
I'm, I, I'm sick of the home runner bus. I'm, I want to start building a team. I'm obviously not building the team, but I want to, I want to root for a team that does what DJ does. If we had nine DJs, I know nobody, that would never happen. But if we had nine players of DJ's essence, like a guy who will just put the ball in play, I'm so cool with that. Like the Royals, when they won the world series, I want that. I want the small ball. I want to hit the ball. I want to just put it in play. I don't want the strikeouts. Obviously we're going to have to deal with that because Stanton's under a long contract and Judge is probably going to stay with us. I know JJ's trying to offload him, and, but he's, he's probably going to be a Yankee. I mean, they made the judges chambers, but I, I don't know. I think in terms of DJ's contract, I'm backing up anything for him. If he asks for any amount, just give it to him. Cause if we don't, another team will, and we have more money than any other team. So why don't we just give it to him? I, I don't know how many years he's going to ask for. And that's probably going to be evidently the deciding factor. He's probably going to want, something closer to the five, six range. I know he's up there in age. How old is he? 32. 32, yeah. So how many, how many years do you think he'll ask for? Because that's a determinant of how much he gets per year. I mean, I, I think the contract's probably going to be five years. Yeah, I, I think it's a... I was thinking. A, so what are you shaking a, your head a, at? I said five, six. Yeah, yeah no, no, no. I, I'm agreeing. I, I think oh. it's, it's going to be about that. I could even see a six-year option. I'm not disagreeing with that. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm shaking my head probably in agreement. I'm saying that... <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that uh, my thought is, is like, that's the kind of guy, DJ LeMay is the kind of guy who can actually get old and still be productive yeah. because he doesn't need to hit the ball over the, over the fence to be a productive baseball player. Like, yeah, he's he, like he'll Ichiro. Just, he'll just make the, yeah, exactly. He'll just make those adjustment, adjustments. He, just he will make adjustments. Flip, I have full confidence ball. he will make adjustments. Flick the ball wherever he wants to put it. And if I mean, the only that, thing... The only thing that could bring him down is his eyesight. And his eyesight's not going to go that bad when he goes from 32 to 34. I mean, I'm 23. My eyes are pretty good. I don't know year to year. No, I've how, been there. Dude, gets, I've done this. The eyes, the eyes don't change in that time. The eyes don't change. Exactly. Least, I feel like that goes down the road. Yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, you can get glasses too. Glasses, you know, help. Labor vision. got glasses. Actually, I want to bring that up because we talked about They're just frames. I know. No, but I think I talked about this with, oh no, I talked about this with Andrew after, but I remember we talked, we brought you on the show originally before we came on with Bronx Pinstripes. And that was one of the questions I asked you. It's like, what do you think of goggles, Glaber, Rexpec, Glaber? Rexpecs, yeah. We were the early adopters to that. We called it out. But I said to Andrew in our uh, roll call Glaber episode that they aren't prescription. They're like, why would it not be prescription? They're not prescription. So. No, he yeah, said, yeah no, they're he said, look good, look good, feel good, play good. Yeah. That, that's what I he know. said. Everyone was <laughs> making fun of me. He was like, why would you, why would he not, why would he do that? Rello? You're crazy. He's like, he, he literally just wants to look good. And he does. Yeah, so. And he says that. So he even, he, he, he owns that part of I it. Know. It's okay. No, it's sick and it works. Yeah. I wear, I wear rec specs when I play softball. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> they're not prescription either. <laughs> I'm just trying to protect my eyes so that I don't lose vision. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, Damon, what are you thinking? What, what, uh, what, what do they say no to? Do they say no to some, do they say no to him at, in any capacity or is it basically he puts himself out there and then someone just offers him the money? I don't, I don't know how you can say no to the guy. I, I really don't. And I think again, the, I think five years is pretty solid. I think that's like, I'd be a cool with that, but literally like the way he's played the, you know, the spine. That's a great like analogy. Like because he is this person that holds the entire lineup together, and we've seen it this season and last season. He is just a production machine. I don't see them saying no, and if they do say no, then I don't know. I feel like DJ's a nice guy. I don't think he's going to ask for this a three hundred million dollar <laughs> contract. Be, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> this is going to be the first time that I'm going to be in a long time that I'm going to be like 
I'm going to be, I'm going to be pissed off if they don't sign this guy because there's no reason for them not to. He might be too humble to be like, give me more money. You just like, no, 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 no. no. Everybody keeps saying that. I so disagree. His agent will take care of that. Yeah, exactly. But is he a Boris guy? Uh, I don't think so. I, I would, I'd be shocked. I, I, I would be shocked. I don't know who his gone, agent is. I don't think so. Yeah. I need to look it up, but I don't, I would be very surprised if that were the case. I, I just have a feeling that the only reason, the only reason I could, I would be okay with him leaving at this point is if it was his decision, he just didn't want to play here. And I don't think that's the case, which is not, the but case, if yeah. that is the case and that's the reason, and the Yankees had, you know, nothing out of their control at that point, that's that's the only only reason I will be okay with it, and I'm, I'm I still won't be, be really okay with it. Off. But I will be like, why why didn't you make it a better situation for him that he wanted to be here? I want to be yeah. so pissed off because if we don't have him next year in a full season, and he goes to some other team and he starts tearing it up, oh, he's just, going to because he's going he to. Be, I know. He will be picked so quickly if we let him go to free agency. That and then who, and then but, who's our leadoff guy? And like another team that doesn't have the money that we have. We have the most money out of any team, and if we don't pay him, that means that somebody else outbid us and what are we doing at that point like why are we not being the yankees then it's just how at, at that point yeah. just being cheap but like again like the fact that we have so many big hitters who are these home run guys throughout the the whole lineup we we need a guy like dj in the lineup and we need a guy who can hit for average and if we're looking for a guy hit for average he's the guy the, the batting title of of the year right and like, somebody who can play too and someone who can play. like we need <laughs> that guy to break the, the lineup field. up yeah. And he, the only thing that kept him off the field was Corona, and that didn't even keep him off the field for that long. Yeah. So, and he didn't have symptoms. He was just like, he was just was just like got oh, tested. Yeah. It was positive. It was sick. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure that if it was up to him when he uh, when he had that that little thumb thing, he would have cut his oh, thumb off to too, play. Yeah. yeah, he would have yeah. had it. I mean, he's the he's the Ronnie Lott who like goes in there and just like chop it off. Like, yeah, I'll go. I don't need I, that. Thumb. I'd have confidence in him with one arm. I would too. <laughs> I would love it. All right. Um, we got playoffs coming up. The, uh, the, the, obviously Tuesday is going to be Cole Bieber. I mean, that's an a plus matchup. You don't, you cannot that's get crazy. better than that. Uh, Yankees need to make some actual contact. It, it could be, it could be very much. It could be a, a one, nothing two nothing. It could be a very low scoring game. Um, Cole has given up some home runs. Usually it's when there's nobody on he's more aggressive but that's the type of this is the type of game where, where that will matter because you're going up against a guy um, like Shane Bieber so no days off uh, potential bubble if they do get past Cleveland the bracket is the bracket there's no reseeding there's just a lot of like this is what it is you know deal with it uh, type <laughs> of playoff situations what are your thoughts now going into into Cleveland into uh, a Cole Bieber game one. And then I, it looks like it's going to be uh, uh, Carrasco and Tanaka game two. I mean, that's what you want. Game one, like that is, that better be prime time. Not, I mean, that's not what you want for the Yankees are obviously going against a potential MVP there, but as a baseball fan, that's a a baseball fan. That better be prime time. That better not be just that. That better be the main stage there tonight and that night. And I mean, Garrett Cole, he finished off the season pitching out of his mind when you watch that. I mean, he had a few shaky starts, but he finished the season sub three ERA. I think it was like two eight. Mm-hmm. And that's what you want. And Garrett Cole, you know, he's going to turn it on in the playoffs. We faced him in the playoffs and he rocked us. I mean, he's, he's a guy who just gets so into it. He gets, he's so meticulous about everything. And then you have another guy in Tanaka who is also that way. And he notoriously turns it on. You see like the graphics they put on, the broadcast and him compared to some of these 
amazing pitchers who are like way like Hall of Fame pitchers, and he's in conversation with them because he has like a one seven ERA in the postseason. And if it's a three game series, and you got two of those guys right there to lead us off, it might not go three. I'm pretty confident that we could take one home before we get to the third, and then we don't even have to talk about a Devi Garcia being the third. That's how confident I am. I know the Indians are good and they've been hot recently, but I mean this team has some of the best bats in baseball and one through nine and all they need to do is be hot. And if they can turn it on, I think just it being October against first, the best, against the best pitcher in baseball, it's a, right it's a now. big if <laughs> I get it. But I think it being October 1st and just that crisp fall air, you get a pumpkin spice in you in the morning until think, we go to, <laughs> until they win and go to Texas for the bubble. <laughs> yeah. Whatever it is, just, watch like a Christmas movie before you start or something or the Halloween something to get you in the mode that it's October. Just throw a hoodie on. I think that will get them just like to click and like, Hey, it's October now. Like I, obviously these last few games didn't really matter and we knew it. Obviously they knew it too. It was against the Marlins too. Like it doesn't matter. I think once, when, when it comes time to like actually get down to business, I think we'll, we'll turn it on. Yeah. I hope they're turning the switch on like you think, like you think they are, but. I, think, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I, I am watching Garrett Cole pitch the last two games were, were really fun because the, that guy, he, you could tell the difference between that game and the first couple of games he pitched, just the, how locked in he was. He was throwing pitches, getting right back. He had his rhythm going, went back to the dugout, like no one was talking to him. And that was like, he was just automatic. He was on a mission those last two games. And I think that's just going to be even more in the, the first game of the postseason. I, again, I'm, I'm not worried about Garrett Cole. I'm more worried about our bats waking up and, and producing because yeah, it's, it's, it's just been so streaky. And I, I want to be this guy who's just like, yeah, we'll turn it on. But at the end of the day, you can't just turn on hitting a baseball. You're not, you can't just get hyped and get energized and go hit somebody. You need to actually hit a baseball. So it's a little bit different. But um, The over-under in that game is going to be like three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hammer the under. It's going to be tight. It's going to be tight. <laughs> All right, boys. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, this is gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting. I, I do feel good if we can get past if we get past Cleveland. Like that's that's some momentum building now. Now you go down. Now you go into this bubble situation where anything goes. You got all the talent in the world. Crazier things have happened. Maybe you're, maybe you see Tampa down there. We'll see what happens. Uh, I, I would uh, I would love to see that in the ALCS. That would be great. And then moving on, someone's gonna win this thing. Might as well be us, right? Why yeah. not? Thanks, thanks for coming on, boys. We'll uh, we'll talk again soon. All right, for sure. thanks for having us. Go Yanks! Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.